Well, thanks for joining. We want to just touch base a little bit about the recent deals that we exited, kind of explain the story of how we got here. And Josh and I today, and we have uh, Wendy Moreland joining us too. And Wendy actually came when we bought these parks. We met Wendy and she joined the Greenleaf team. So we're excited to have her uh, joining us here as well. But let's talk about how we got to one, we got to this exit. We got to rewind, rewind about seven and a half years. Yeah, I think our firstborns were uh, barely like 18 months. Oh, our kids, point. Yeah. I thought we were talking about property. Yeah. Firstborn properties. Now. Yeah. yeah, kids were a little bit younger. But uh, we started, uh, yeah, over seven and a half years ago, we purchased what was a Cardinal community, which they're one-story apartments. I mean, it was really, that's true manufactured housing as well. Mm -hmm. We talk about kind of prefab construction now, and they started in the 50s. Right. And the yeah. deal we bought was from the, probably the early 80s. Right. Yeah, with all the early 80s uh, construction materials that go along with it, like polybutylene piping and um, the single pane windows that usually uh, erode pretty quickly. Yeah. And, but um, somehow it made it till 2015. Right, exactly. <laughs> they were classics. So, no, so Cardinal Construction, we bought a property here in Georgia, uh, 2015, and it was a Cardinal Construction property. Once you see one and you know what that is, they're all modular built. They're built out of 12... 12 foot by 24 little cubes mm -hmm. and you can kind of put as many as you want together. And that's how you got like a studio with a Murphy bed or a one bedroom apartment. But we purchased that deal in 2015 and we sold it in 2018. We got a 2.4 equity multiple on that sale. So uh, we did very well on that, but knowing what Cardinal is knowing, well, that's a manufactured community. We rolled that right into uh, these two assets, which is another, uh, true manufactured yeah. home. Yeah. You know, the standalone, <laughs> <laughs> the mobile home parks, more like kind of the current manufactured home, whereas Cardinal was older, but still very similar, like built on site type stuff. But that deal from, uh, what was that? That was called, uh, Norwood, Norwood apartments. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that Cardinal deal was a big success. We used a 1031 exchange. We deferred all those gains and we put that into these, uh, mobile home park communities. We also brought some fresh equity, into it as well. Mm -hmm. So we bought uh, these parks in 2018. So kicking off 2018, we had a big vision of what we were gonna do with these parks. And Josh had mentioned earlier that I th we had about 10 to 12 acres of land that didn't have homes on it that was basically green space that we could go add homes to. It had a main road, it had some parking spots. And we, we had the, a beautiful little site plan that told us labeled every lot and oh, every gosh, home, right? Plans. <laughs> In theory. Yeah. So when we first took over this park, uh, yes, we got a site plan. These site plans, you know, we're looking for value add opportunities. It's, it's not only physical value add, it's operational value add. And we've talked about that some before, but the operational value add was, I'm pretty sure our site plan was a hand-drawn site plan. And then someone took a picture of it, like with a Polaroid camera, and then somehow converted that to a PDF and then took a picture of it again. So it's blurry, it's off-centered, you can never, none of the labeling actually matches, the road names are, are not the same, so we get a stack of titles that we're trying to match up to this map that looks like. Yeah, the, title, the titles are like a regulatory body in the state, like they're, they're a registered, they're a registry of all the homes and they have their location and, their, and, their, and their, the title of the home and we're trying to match, say, um, home 101B to site plan 2A in 
there was oh because you're t- like yeah. yeah the city lot number like the city had these in lots yes. all the time they have these in lots you're trying to match that lot to a site plan number to a mobile home registration it's, to a, eventually a lease to see who's paying rent on it hopefully at least. <laughs> yeah. maybe we get to a lease when we when we purchase but you know a lot of this when we look at kind of the good the bad and the ugly of purchasing one of these assets, it's the, if they do have consistent collections, if they do have high occupancy, like those trade at completely different valuations. That's seen as, you know, you're getting pretty low cap rates on a, a mobile home community if they have that. Yeah, I mean, they trade almost comparable to apartment communities, you know, in the, in the kind of, in, in historically in the kind of like six, five to six yeah. cap rate range. And we were trying to, we were trying to not buy that. Right. We're trying to buy the value add. So we're trying to find where are all the troubles that we can identify. And we found those pretty quickly. <laughs> right. So if we think of, uh, you know, what challenges you have, it's certainly if we have low occupancy. Low occupancy causes all sorts of headaches and issues because typically low occupancy leads to, hey, I want to rent this one quick. And now we have a community that goes from a either a fully rent rental community, whereas some of these, a lot of these, higher higher value ones are resident owned but as soon as you get lower occupancy you get into this mix of you've got some resident owned and you've got some rented ones and you're not sure who's what and what agreement that they had and there's not a whole lot of documentation so there's a lot of opportunity for operational value add but that's that's certainly a challenge when you see this combo of rental structures within one community you can only imagine the guys we were buying from over the years. You know, we bought 25 parks in roughly 18 months. The wide range, I remember one of the guys we bought from in South Carolina, his name was Buck. And, um, but, you know, most of them were just saying, hey, trust me. Yeah, this is what, this is what it is, but there's nothing written. There's not, you know, it was our <laughs> job to do that diligence. But I remember after we closed that deal, Buck gave me a shotgun as a celebration gift and said, congratulations on, on what you own now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like interesting. It's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, the other part of these two is, you know, these are, these are not a passive investment. You know, the operating a lot of these communities is, is not a joke. It's a 24-7. You're in the weeds trying to figure out how are we going to make this happen? What are we going to do here to turn this deal into a performing asset? And just, just those day one challenges of, one, buying a community that has mixed resident-owned and rentals within one community and then trying to get people to move from weekly cash payments to a monthly lease agreement and pay online. This is like a, this is a massive leap uh, across the board in a community. And that takes a lot of, really just takes a lot of on the ground presence to make something like that happen. Right. And the, the ultimate goal is eventually get to the point that the residents are paying monthly, they're on a lease, they're paying online, and we get to get them to own their own home. If we can achieve that, that's really the, the gold the gold yeah. star. Yeah, that's of kind of the homes. culmination of the vision is you get everything to like an actual standard lease. They're paying online and then eventually they all own their own homes in that community and it becomes a lot less, uh, a lot easier to manage and a lot more consistent in the, in the management of it. Right. And inside of a three year win- window um, of the 25 parks we bought, we were successfully able to achieve that with two of our parks and get agency financing on them, basically full cash out agency financing once we achieve that, that level. And um, with ten-year permanent debt in the threes, so um, those are doing incredible. Those are excellent. Well. Yes, <laughs> but very, very hard to get to. Yes, uh, most of our parks and whole, even even these two, like we exited these before we got to that point. Right? Like we didn't see the vision full the way through. So 
So there's definitely some value for the next guys that are coming in, um, but that's that is a challenge. This is not a short, it's not a short-term investment either. Right. So like, again, this started seven years ago, mm -hmm. and we we own these communities now for four years uh, before selling to them. We sold these though. We got you know the first set. We did a 2.4 equity multiple. So if we invested, you know, if you look at it in investment chunks, $10,000 investment turned into $24,000. We sold uh, this current chunk here. We had a 3.4 equity multiple, 3.6 equity multiple. So uh, turns into roughly over 80 grand. So you have an 8x multiple over time, but it takes a lot of hard work to get there. Yes. So it's not, not super easy. <laughs> So that's why we want to we want to bring Wendy kind of back into the conversation here, and a little bit of what we've learned over the years operating, operating some of this stuff. You know, it's certainly challenging, but then on the same part, it comes with some pretty, pretty entertaining experiences. <laughs> I would say that we've had over the past couple of years. One of them being, you know, we we identified these communities. We did this as a ten thirty one exchange. We met Wendy through that process, and then she ultimately ended up joining the Greenleaf team. So one more excited you're with us and, and help us navigating uh, the excitement. I remember, I remember buying them and then meeting you. And it was like, you're like, do you know all the challenges that these kind of come with? We're like, oh, we're ready. <laughs> Just like, I think you kind of chuckled. You're like, I don't think you fully know yet. But um, it's been quite an adventure. That's for sure. It definitely so. has. I think it takes a special company um, to successfully deal with mobile homes. And I think that we kind of did it. Um, I've only handled mobile homes for about eight years. And growing up in Midtown Atlanta, I had never even been in a mobile home until maybe eight years ago and started with a different company. And we did mobile homes for a while and then came on with Greenleaf. And I think our main goal when I came on was just trying to get our arms around operations, yeah. trying to make sure that tenants did pay monthly and not in cash and that any value-add situation that we could possibly handle was handled. Um, I know that when we took on the property, we sort of inherited some residents who were on their way out. So um, we had some evictions that were scheduled um, in court, and so we just left them as, as they were, and we decided to go ahead and appear in court. And I'll just say that my family has a house on Lake Hartwell, so maybe three hours from Beaver Creek. And we have a lot of neighbors there. Well, when we went to court, um, I realized that the judge was actually one of our neighbors. So the judge sent us all out for mediation. And I asked the mediator, do we need to recuse the judge? Or is there something that needs to happen because I actually know him? And she um, said, well, no, there is no other judge. And... <laughs> That's his nephew, the defendant, so I think everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be just fine. <laughs> that was just one of those strange little small town sort of things. Yeah, it's all related. Yeah, exactly. a lot of the times there's, there's a lot of family and there's a, a lot of close-knit relationships <laughs> in many of these communities, especially like that, where it's like, okay, how are we going to navigate with a judge or with a nephew or with a brother or a sister? They're all, all kind of in there, but that's pretty... That's pretty entertaining. Well, it's, it does seem to be that way because when, when we are in the area, um, in the post office or at a restaurant, there is always a resident that's somewhere close by. Yeah. So there's no um, being stealthy or trying to stay away from anyone because they're always there. Um, 
<laughs> we, <laughs> we also had um, a situation where we were doing tours of homes, and we decided to go through all of the occupied homes and the vacant homes just to see where we could add value or maybe what some deferred maintenance was. And one of the first homes that we went into was a woman. Um, she was very nice, but she didn't really want to let us in. And once we got in, there was a huge hole in her floor. And I asked her about it, and she said, well, it's been that way for about six months. And I told her, I said, well, I'm sure that you could have called the other company. I did work with the other company, and we would have fixed that for you. And she said, well, I thought we might get in trouble because our pig fell through the floor. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I assume it's not one of the, like, the little pet potbelly pigs. It's like a legit pig. It was a big pig. When we went in, she had tried to hide the pig behind the mobile home. And, oh, my God. And I, she could hear it. It was making a lot of noise. So when we saw it outside, it was big. It was like German Shepherd. <laughs> oh, <big>. God. <laughs> so I'm not surprised he fell through the floor. Yeah. But just sort of stories that you would have on no other asset. Yeah. I, we think of mobile home parks you're different than an apartment. Apartment, everything is kind of contained in the, in, the, in the apartment. But at the mobile home, you have all your outside space that you're kind of... Responsible for yeah, as you're, part I mean, of the you're community. Yeah, you're responsible for it. You know, we, as a community, we're mowing and maintaining stuff. And you know, we have our own landscape contract to execute this stuff. But people can still, I mean, it's their space. They can do what they want on the outside. So always creative uh, what comes up from that. So, another... <laughs> You know, thinking about other stuff that we've learned or experienced going through these, with all that outside space, there's a big difference in communities that have, um, like, city water and sewer. So you go to think, like, hey, are you connected to the city water and sewer? And it's like, it's a big deal in the mobile home space, because a lot of the times they're not. You could be on a, you could be on a well that services a couple homes here and there. Uh, and then the sewer, I mean, it's a whole adventure of the fact that if you're not connected to city sewer... And generally, oh, we're on a septic tank. It's like, okay. Well, you could be on a septic tank that when they put it together, you have no idea how they did this. Might be connected to multiple homes. And then even past that, there's a whole, the whole world of the septic ponds, <laughs> which I know for a fact. When the first time we looking at an aerial view of a property, we say, wow, there's a pond here. This is pretty cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. This is a great little pond. You get out, it's just like, this is a different kind of pond. Not sure what's going on with this pond. But it's literally like an open septic process. Yeah, so the, there's a... Aerated. It's yeah, aerated with yeah. a pump in the... It's blue. It, look, it looks nice most of the time. And, I don't know um, if it looks like the Disney... Yeah, maybe lakes, not the Disney pond, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, you know, we, we, we do a really good job incentivizing our management team to drive income and save on costs and do things in-house as often as possible. One of my favorite stories is on the septic pond, the, the end of the pipe, which is a very visible pipe, um, that you can see it was clogged and you can visibly see like, wow, like we're backing up the whole community. You can see where the clog is. Cause everything's going to one pipe, right? It's like, we can call a plumber out there. It's going to cost us a couple hundred bucks, maybe even a couple thousand bucks. Or you just go out there and just unclog the pipe. So one of our managers <laughs> gets on the little, there's a little John boat and gets out there rowing and he's gets close to the pipe and he goes to reach over to the pipe and just loses his balance and just splashes right into the pond. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last time. <laughs> Don't look to save us money there. We're not doing that one in house anymore. It's gonna be it's gonna be a vendor from now on going forwards. But that's that's kind of like Jimmy when you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. Oh Jimmy probably encouraged that one to happen. You know, 
Jimmy worked with us for a few years. He was just an incredible maintenance guy. He, he lives uh, up towards Chattanooga, though. And these, these parks are from Chattanooga. There's no direct way to get there. These are a couple hours away from there. And Jimmy was instrumental in managing a lot of our, our mobile home parks and traveling all over the southeast to handle uh, maintenance. But, I mean, Jimmy was great at that. But he's also a fun guy. I mean, if you're around Jimmy, he makes you laugh. He's, he's super entertaining. But... Your child's boy, he's always out there trying to play with kids and see what's going on. Well, but. last year for Christmas, um, the Greenleaf Foundation did a toy drive, just like we're doing this year. And they, um, the kids all got bikes and skateboards and all sorts of outdoor fun things. So of course, we all decided um, to play with the kids outside because we always did. And Jimmy, of course, who's the biggest kid, we all rode the bikes, but Jimmy was brave enough to ride the skateboard. So... Probably over 6'1", um, close to 300-pound Jimmy, rode down this huge incline on the skateboard. I don't know exactly what he hit, but it catapulted him to where he went over and a little bit through the fence where the retention pond was right into the pond. It was not hurt. Um, Everything was fine. He, he didn't big hurt splash. Himself. Just a big splash. Big splash. So we did decide that we were going to make the fence about a foot higher just to make sure. They catch him next time. Yes. You can imagine the other kids seeing that being like, is that how you're supposed to do it? Are we supposed to try that? Absolutely. Oh. Jimmy was the hero after that. Yeah. Yes. Gosh. So, yeah, so I mean, we've, we've learned a lot operating these, these communities. We've had a lot of, a lot of entertaining stories that were great when we look back on them, uh, but certainly not always easy in, in the thick of it. So we're excited about this exit. You know, it's a 3.6 equity multiple. So we did very well on the investment returns. And again, we're going to use another 1031 exchange from this asset. I'm not sure if we're going to find another manufactured housing option, right? Maybe. Uh, not a Cardinal, maybe not a mobile home park, but we're going to look for something that we're going to roll it into next and kind of continue this 1031 process. So That'll be our third 1031, and all along the way, our investment returns have, we've been able to defer the taxes that are on them. We still owe those taxes, and those will, you know, they come due once you, once you stop at 1031. But for the meantime, we've taken our investment dollars, rolled them in a tax-deferred manner through the use of these 1031s. We're going to find another investment here uh, probably in January mm -hmm. that we'll be looking to roll these proceeds into, and we're excited about... Uh, what stories we're going to learn next and see if we can uh, experience Jimmy flying through the air anymore. <laughs> so, cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Wendy. Thank you. And, uh, this investment overall was a, was a pretty big success, and uh, we're excited about uh, continuing more of the mobile home operations and, and uh, continuing to do well there. So, cool. Thanks.